Welcome to the archive section. These are some of the first shows that I ever did as a podcaster. And back then, I was so new. I just had a phone. I had zero idea what I was doing. But I decided to jump in with both feet, start my own podcast. And as you will see through this archive section, I start off a little rough. But as the episodes go on, you can tell that I started to get a little more confident, started to gain a footing. And it kind of is a really cool way for me to come back, listen to these episodes, just to see where it all started for me and how I got better as I went along. So I decided, instead of deleting all these old episodes, why not put them in an archive section so even you guys can check them out and just, you know, have a great time listening to some of these older episodes. And don't forget, though, to start checking out the newer stuff that I'm posting because I am going to be posting often. And I have some amazing guests that I interview in these upcoming shows. We talk about so many different important topics. So I hope that you check out uh, my channel often because I will be uploading a lot of great stuff. So thank you guys for all your support. And please enjoy this archive section. Well, welcome everybody. You are listening to another episode of Crip Ricks. I've been thinking. I want to welcome everybody here. Come and sit down. Enjoy this podcast. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, I got to admit. But I sure miss talking to all you people. That is for sure. And I want to let you know that haven't been on this pod. I haven't done a podcast in uh, quite a while. But for good reason, you know, I uh, had a lot of things going on. Uh, my wife and I finally moved into a house and uh, had to rebuild my tattoo shop. So there was a lot of things going on and I just didn't have the time to uh, fit in and do this podcast, which uh, I miss doing so much. I miss talking to uh, my followers and the people that enjoy listening to this show. And if you're new here, I've always told people in every one of my podcasts that this is just a show about things that I've been thinking about, things that are on my mind, and uh, it's I call it guerrilla podcasting. There's nothing fancy here. It's just me with a, a shitty mic, and I'm just sitting here in front of a laptop. Nothing fancy at all. There's no big high-tech thing going on here, and that's the way I want to keep it. I think that people are honestly just getting sick and tired of things being way over-fucking-done. I know I am. 
And so I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to, you know, if people get like the message that you're bringing and they find your conversation interesting, they don't need all these fucking bells and whistles and and uh, things going on. So like that. So I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to get a cheap mic and I'm just going to do a fucking podcast. And if people want to listen, that's cool. I appreciate everyone use that do. If you do enjoy the podcast, you know, by all means, please share it with your friends. You know, it's just tell them to download the Anchor app from their Play Store or wherever they get their apps from. It's free. And then just type in Crip Rick, I've been thinking, and you'll find all my shows. And it would be great because I want to build this one person at a time. And I just want cool people here that have open minds that like to discuss things from every possible angle. And, you know, anybody just wants to come in here and be an asshole, then, you know, they can get the fuck out because personally, I have no use for you. And that's not the type of people that I want listening to this show. I want genuine people. Uh, and that's what I'm looking for. So if you're just coming in here to fucking judge and be an asshole, then you're in the wrong fucking uh, house. It's time to get the fuck out, you know? Like, why even waste both our time? Sorry, got a little bit of a sniffle there. A little bit of a cold going on here. It's freezing my ass off here. I fucking hate Canada in the winter. That's all I can say. Fucking hate Canada in the winter. But... You know, it's to be expected. Everybody tells me that shit when I complain about it being cold. They're like, you know, and, uh, it's Canada. You know, you it's supposed to be cold. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking, I know it's fucking uh, uh, supposed to be cold. Uh, but doesn't mean I gotta like it, right? Doesn't mean I gotta fucking like it. So, basically, uh, as I said, a lot going on. And I was gonna make this show kind of a fun show. Since it's my first show back in a few months and thought, you know, I'm going to make it like kind of lighthearted and that. But uh, a couple things happened uh, during the last week that really put uh, my mind in a darker place than than I wanted it to be. And uh, so the show is probably going to get a little deep. And I hope you stick along for the ride and maybe we'll learn something along the way. And if not, at least we're having a conversation about it and bringing it out of the darkness into the light. And that's my goal for this show. And what am I talking about, you're saying? You know, Crip Rick, what the fuck are you talking about? What is going to get dark? Well, what I want to talk about is addiction and I and uh, how bad it is. And I'm starting to notice it more and more. And the reason that this whole podcast is being done is because just a few days ago, I uh, knew a young lady that I used to tattoo a couple times. And cool girl, really enjoyed her company when I tattooed her. And she just passed away from an overdose. And when I found that news out, it really hit me hard. It hit me hard because I myself... Uh, I'm a recovering addict and mine wasn't to any type of street drug or anything like that but I definitely had my demons with alcohol uh, and started drinking at a, quite a young age 16 when I found out I had I got my disease when the doctor broke the news to me and that's how I dealt with it I just I dove into a bottle at that young age you know let's face it when you're 16 years old you're not fucking you may think you know the world and you think you've got it all figured out and you know at that age you think you're invincible and nothing can fucking stop you and then you find this kind of news out and it really at that young age 
your mind doesn't know how to process it. And back when I got told, you know, the doctors basically just told you, like, this is what you got. And for all of you that don't know, I do have ankylosing spondylitis. It's a really rare form of arthritis. It's basically the same arthritis that Mick Mars from Motley Crue has, the bass player. If or Not the bass player, that's fucking Nikki Six. Sorry, the guitar player. Forgive me, Mick, if you ever hear this, which I know you won't. But hey, you might. Um, yeah, so Mick Mars, the guitarist, he's got it. And you can tell now when you see him on stage that he basically, I look like he does fucking all hunched over and that's basically what my disease does is it uh, fuses your spine and your neck and turns it into solid bone and slowly pulls you forward so you're kind of like hunched over like you're fucking a football and uh <laughs> that's basically what I that, that's what it does but um so when I found out that news about this uh lady passing away this client that I used to tattoo it really hit home and made me realize that uh, addiction is fucking crazy. And let's get it or like let's get this out of the way first. I know when people think of addiction, the first thing they think of is either hard drugs, you know, fucking coke, meth, heroin, uh, and even prescription drugs, oxycontin, fucking all of that shit, and alcohol. But let's face it. You know, we're all addicted to something. There is an, there's an addiction for anything when you break it down. You know, you can have addiction to fucking shopping, caffeine, cigarettes, fucking porns. You know, you name it. There's somebody that's going to be addicted to it. Shopping. And uh, so, you know, we're all dealing with addictions in, in, you know, certain ways. But it's just some are more, you know, some are going to fucking kill you quickly, if not... Uh, controlled quickly and some will fucking not kill you um and as i said i dealt with alcoholism and i you know i haven't drank in fucking well over 10 years uh haven't been drunk or had pretty much even a sip of alcohol in well over 10 years and which is amazing but I can't even imagine people that are going through an addiction uh, for street drugs, you know, meth and heroin and stuff like that, what they go through. And I know that a lot of people probably have this um, image in their head, you know, that these people that are addicted, you know, they're out partying and they're fucking having a good time. And uh, from all the addicts that I've spoken with, especially recently, it, it, it's not like that, guys. Uh, it may be like that in the beginning. When you first start using, you know, yeah, you're getting fucking high. You're getting fucking laid. You're going to the bars. You're having fun. You're partying. But something strange happens in addiction where over time, it doesn't become fun anymore. You know, slowly it 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 gets into your fucking body and it in your mind and it captures your soul and find you know one day you wake up and you realize that uh you're not having fun anymore at least i did with drinking i soon i after a few years i realized that you know i wasn't having fun anymore i didn't consider drinking you know to the point where i was blacking out and didn't know what the fuck happened the night before and waking up in strange women's bed and not knowing how i got there and that you know and it wasn't fun and 
So what I'm saying is that, you know, it creeps in and soon you, before you know it, it's not fun anymore. You're not having a good time. You're just maintaining. And I've never been addicted, uh, or on to a street drug like heroin or meth or anything like that. But from what the people I've spoken with, that they're just maintaining, they're not even getting high anymore. They're just trying not to fucking, they're, they're trying to stave off that demon of fucking being sick. You know, they, they're getting their drugs just so they can do the basic shit in fucking life. Just function in life. Whether it be just getting out of bed, you know, going to get dinner, going to shopping, going to, you know, do your job. You know, whatever it may be. They're just maintaining. And it consumes your mind from what I've been told. And I know it did with alcohol. You know, from the time I got up, I was always worried, you know, fuck, where am I going to get my next bottle of booze? Where am I going to get my next case of beer? Like, because, you know, the money does run out. Unless you're a fucking millionaire, which I don't know any. And I'm sure you don't know any. And if you do, fucking introduce them to me. And we'll tattoo them. And I'll get some of their money. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, so you run out of the money. And then you're, then you're really fucking hustling. Then you're like, holy shit. How the fuck am I going to get, you know. So I know that struggle. And, I, and uh, what it's like to... To just maintain. And that's what I was doing near the end of my addiction with alcohol. Was I wasn't... I, you know, yeah, I was getting drunk. Don't get me wrong. And I had good... There was good times. I'm not saying it was all bad. Or else I wouldn't have been doing it. You know, I wouldn't... Yeah, I did have a great time. I had a lot of fun drinking with people. Met a lot of cool people. You know, but people that I could never really consider great friends. All these people that I met at the parties and bars and that. Like, yeah, when we were all in that circle drinking, we were friends. But where the fuck are they now? You know, not a one of them was around. And the only couple of friends that I do have around right now that I drank with were friends that I was with well before my addiction or before I even started drinking. We were already core friends before that. And, you know, they stuck. I mean, I had friends stick with me through all kinds of shit that I put them through. And I under, I know I'm not an easy person to get to know. Uh, my humor comes off, I've been told, is kind of harsh. And people, a lot of the times, take what I'm saying serious. And not knowing that I'm joking. And so, I mean, I put my friends through all kinds of shit. And I know that was amplified with alcohol. That was probably even worse. So I really thank God every day for these couple friends that have stuck with me. Through all the shit that I put them through. Because I did not deal at first with my disease very well uh i just turned about to a bottle and dove into the bottom of it and there's no worse feeling and i'm sure this is for any addict uh going to bed hoping that you won't wake up and when you wake up you're upset that you woke up like you're mad you're like what the fuck you know i, I can't even die properly you know i can't even do that right uh i'm i woke up again i gotta go through all this bullshit again and that's where it was near the end for me uh, with my drinking is that you just fucking when you just there's days you just go to sleep and you and you just wish you don't wake up you, and uh, it's a it's a sad place to be in. And I've, I've been there uh, so I can only imagine uh, what other people are going through. I feel for them. I feel for other people that have addictions and are struggling to stay sober and trying to get sober. And I met a couple, a pretty couple, pretty cool people recently that have really, uh, give me some information on that whole, 
a dictionary because I wasn't your typical. See, that's the thing is I, I go to a couple of meetings, these AA meetings and that, and I hear people's stories and how they quit and how, you know, they, they got right to rock bottom. They were alcoholics and they were doing drugs and getting high and they were lost their job and their marriage fell apart. And, you know, they really hit a fucking rock bottom. And in my case, it wasn't like that. Uh, which is why I usually tell people when I go to these meetings, I don't know how my story can help anyone. Because I wasn't one of these people that hit rock bottom and then clawed my way to the top. Uh, one day, I just fucking decided to stop drinking. And it, was, and it was literally that simple. And what made me quit drinking, as I've told this before to friends is I worked at a bar, first as a bar back, stocking the bar, stocking the ice, you know, basically you're the bartender's bitch. And then I worked my way up and taught myself how to become a DJ for that bar and worked my way up to head DJ. And when I first started working at the bar, I was awesome, you know, fucking basically drink all you want, fucking, and, you know, the bar I worked at was pretty lax, you know, if you drank on the job, as long as you weren't falling down drunk or being an asshole, they kind of turned a cheek to it, and so I loved it for the first year, but then a funny thing happened when I was DJing after, like, a year, is that I started seeing how drunk people acted, you know, they'd come up to the DJ booth, and they'd be falling over, and they'd be spitting on me while they were talking, and slobbering, and fucking drooling, and you didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. You know, you're just not on that level. You know, a drunk and a sober person, they're just on totally different frequencies. And when two of them try to get together, it just doesn't work. Uh, so I saw the behavior of drunk people, and, and that's what made me stop. At that moment, I still remember coming home and telling my wife, I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore. I cannot, I, if that's how, how fucking stupid I act, and how I look when I'm drunk, then I don't, I don't ever want to look like that again. And that's what made me quit. And, and why I tell people at meetings, I don't know how my story can help. I didn't do this whole 12 step program and have to go into 10 meetings a week and, you know, talk about shit. And that for me, it was as simple as just realizing I didn't want to be like that anymore. So I quit. And as I said, it's been well over 10 years since I've taken a drink, uh, and don't get me wrong, there's times I miss it, I'll think about it, you know, can I try having a couple drinks, you know, can I, you know, can I, can I go to the bar and have one beer, but I don't, I'm so scared to risk that, because I, I don't know if I would slip, and all of a sudden I would, you know, it'd be all fucking downhill, and then I'd be drinking again, and I just don't want to do that to myself. I don't want to do it to my wife. I don't want to do it to my friends and family. So that's what keeps me in check. And so that's kind of where my head's been at this week. Is like really thinking about addiction and all the different types of addiction that are out there. As I was saying earlier, like, you know, there's people addicted to everything. And everything can become an addiction. You know, I know people that are addicted to getting tattoos. You know, they, you do, they're planning their next tattoo while I'm doing their tattoo on them that day. I'm doing their tattoo and they're already like, fuck Rick, I'm going to get this after this one heals. Like they're, you know, so there's an addiction to everything. And it's, and then I saw what really fucking like 
brought the floodgates in for me was I ended up stumbling upon a uh, documentary and they were talking about the prescription drugs and it was kind of like all over this documentary I can't I if I can remember the name before the end of this podcast I'll let you know it is on YouTube and basically they talked about uh the medical narcotics and all of these antidepressants and shit that people are addicted to and how the doctors are, you know, flooding the market with all of these fucking drugs, you know, like Oxycontin and to me, which is, you know, it's pro it's fucking the same thing as heroin. I know, I know I was on Oxycontin, you know, I'm not sure if I've ever told that story in a podcast. I'm sure I have, if I haven't, well, then I'll tell you now, but, uh, my doctor at one time, this was years ago, I haven't been on, uh, Oxycontin for fucking I think it's probably been almost 10 years. It's got to be close. I'd have to ask my wife, but I'm sure it's been almost 10 years since I've been off Oxycontin. And my doctor had me on a massive amount. You know, I won't say how much, but I can tell you this. When I tell my doctors that I meet now how much Oxycontin I was doing 10 years ago, they wonder how I'm alive. Like, they're like, we don't even give that type of dose to a person laying in bed with fucking stage four cancer or whatever it is ready to like they're ready to die like that they're on they're not even taking a dose that high and it didn't start off that high i was taking small amounts you know and then after a couple months this small amount doesn't work and then you got to take another pill and then that works for a couple weeks and then you got to take another pill and then that doesn't work and then you take another one next thing you know you're taking fucking 10 pills every like eight or nine hours you're taking 30 pills fucking a day where before you would only need one or two and so you know when i hear you know like i the way i look at it is these uh drugs that are being prescribed i've always told people and i i make it very clear and i've even told doctors that i don't think oxycontin should ever be prescribed to somebody that is unless they are in a fucking hospital and they are in such pain that they can't bear it and there's a doctor there to fucking monitor it and make sure that they get off of it. You know, if you need it for a couple weeks, I get it. You know, you need it for uh, to get over a surgery, a bad surgery or uh, or something. I get it. They do have their uses. I would never knock it because I know they helped me for a lot of years. And uh, I still have to take a, a low amount of a different painkiller uh, just because of my disease. But it's nothing like the shit that like Oxy is or anything like that. So it's a totally different, not even in the same league as that drug. But, you know, so there is a use for these drugs. But, you know, when you got doctors, you know, they were talking about in Florida, how they had all these pain clinics open and the doctors would have a pain clinic. And, and then right next door, there'd be a pharmacy that just fucking filled narcotic uh, and all of these Xanax prescriptions and that. You know, they'd be right next door to each other. You'd walk in, fucking go to the doctor. He'd write you out a script if you went, oh, my knee hurts. And, you know, here's some oxys. Here's some fucking perks, you know, and then send you next door, fill it up. And, you know, back in the early days in Florida the, and areas, they didn't monitor how many times you went to a pharmacy or doctor. So basically people were just going doctor to doctor to doctor. And it just flooded the market. And which is crazy to me, you know, they've definitely tightened down on it now and uh, trying to rein that in a bit. But uh, my whole point is, is that, you know, just because a doctor gives you this drug and it's a cleaner version doesn't mean it doesn't do the same thing in your body. 
which to me, you know, Oxycontin is just fucking legal heroin. You know, they don't call it hillbilly heroin for no reason. And then you've got uh, other drugs, you know, Adderall and shit. That's just basically legal meth. You know, you see people on Adderall, they're just fucking, they're wing, they're gone, you know, like they're a mile a minute. And then you see them prescribing like Xanaxes and, uh, which I've heard, don't know if it's true or not. Maybe somebody can send me a fucking email. If you want to send me an email, let me give me your thoughts on that. It's not hard. It's just crypticktattoos at yahoo.com. And just give me your comments on the show. I'd love to hear from you. But, uh, oh, fuck, what was I talking about now? Uh, the prescriptions and stuff. And, uh, Xanax and stuff like that. And, uh, it's just crazy that, that, you know, they're just legal forms of, of street drugs. And when I saw in this documentary the amounts of people that were on them, and when I meet people that are on them, it's fucking mind-blowing. Crazy how many people are taking these fucking drugs and uh, see nothing wrong with it. You know, they, they don't consider themselves drug addicts. They don't even consider themselves on a hard drug not knowing what they're taking. And uh, in this documentary, then they went to where they were talking about uh, basically grade school kids. Like these were young kids, maybe four years uh four years old and up you know maybe four to ten or something like that and they actually showed in this documentary that in the one school in the united states they actually had a thing called fucking pill time and i was like what the fuck is pill time like and this was basically where the teacher went and got a tray put out all the fucking kids different meds and they all lined up in the classroom to take these fucking pills and they were taking adderall you know because nowadays if your kid so much as fucking laughs and runs up the street, you know, he's got ADD or fucking some other thing they've made up, you know, and they want to fucking stick him on Adderall or something to calm him down. You know, when I was younger, you were just a hyperactive kid. You know, your parents didn't put you on a fucking drug that's going to affect your brain, the growth of your brain and wire your brain, you know, at that young of an age. Your parent, my parents wouldn't have done that. They just fucking put you outside made you run around all day screaming like a retard fucking burn your energy off that's what my that's what parents did back in my day they would you know you were hyperactive they threw you out of the fucking house and told you to go burn it off and that's what we did and uh and i was a hyperactive kid so i know i know if i was a hyper like if i if i was young now Show, and, and I was acting the way I did when I was a kid. They, the doctors would be trying to fucking put me on Adderall. I guarantee it. Or some other drug. Um, there's a hundred of them that they put on these kids on. But I know I would have been a candidate for it. And thank God, you know, uh, that's not what they put me on. You know, I just had a mother that fucking, like I said, threw me outside. Made me do sports. Run around the neighborhood. Ride my bike. And just burn that energy off. You know, and then... It just blew my mind that they had fucking pill time at school. And the thing that really fucking fucked my think box up was that there was like two kids in the class that weren't lined up. There was like two kids on the in the class of like probably at least 20 that were sitting at their desk and they didn't have to go up and take their pills. 
and you know the other kids were looking at them and you could just tell that they were almost like an outcast like oh they're they're not taking their pill they're not on pills and i know that in the documentary they were saying that you know that the teacher was trying to fucking talk to the parents and thought those two kids should be on the medication too and so i can just imagine what these classrooms are like all over the world if they got a pill time where all these kids are hopped up on these fucking mind altering drugs at such a young age they must be fucking zombies sitting in class like i mean they gotta be and I'm, and don't get me wrong, like don't uh, don't not put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that even these drugs do not have a purpose in specific cases. Of course they do. Maybe. I mean, I'm really even toying if they make any sense at all to give it to such a young age of of a child. Because we all know or should know that you know basically your brain is still forming till the age of 21 or 22. It might even be older, but I definitely know it's 21 at least. That your brain's still wiring itself and still, you know, figuring things out and and growing in that. And can you imagine putting a drug as hardcore as Adderall or what other all, all these other fucking mind drugs that they're putting on these kids? What that's doing to these kids, like how it's affecting their growth. It, it no good can come out of it. I don't give a fuck what anybody tells me. No good can come out of it. And that's where I get pissed off. Like, like, I mean, it really gets me when you, you know, if you're an adult and you want to make decisions for your own body and you want to take this shit because there's just as many fucking adults taking all of these pills, don't you bet your fucking bottom dollar there is because I know a few that are on them. And uh, that's one thing, you know, and, but if you want to fucking, like, when you, like, it just, it almost has me speechless right now. You know, it almost has me fucking speechless to the point where, like, where does, in a world, is it good to give a child who can't make their own decisions and they're looking to their parents to make smart decisions to put their kids on a drug that's going to fucking totally wire their fucking brain and God knows the damage it's going to do. How can a parent do that? I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I'm not a parent myself. And I definitely know if I was that I would not, that would not be my first resort if I had a hyperactive child or a child that was, you know, having trouble learning in school. You know, I was a child that had trouble learning in school. And I can tell you why I had trouble learning in school because I got picked on constantly. So I hated being there. And I found this shit so fucking boring the way they teach that I was fucking bored. Not everybody can learn the same way. Not everybody learns the way that they teach in the classroom with the teacher standing in front of you and making you read out of books and shit. We all learn different. Some people learn from videos. Some people like listening to things. Some people like reading things. You know, we all learn different, but they stick, you know, a group of kids into a classroom and conform and force them to learn a certain way. And then when the child doesn't want to learn that way because it's not interesting or whatever the fucking reason is, what's their first fucking thing? You know, the kid's weird. There's something wrong with the kid. Bring the kid to the doctor. Pump them full of fucking drugs. That'll fix the problem. You know, and to me it just seemed like from this documentary that it was just a bunch of teachers that didn't want to deal with kids that actually fucking had energy and stuff and that could fucking think you know they just want a bunch of drones sitting there fucking listening or half listening i don't even know if they were listening and that's what they were wanting 
Like, that's fucking crazy, people. Think about that. Pill time. Where every day they line up and they make sure that it's not like one or two kids, you know. It's like the whole fucking class is on these fucking SSRI drugs and shit. And it just fucking blew my mind. And it got me to the point where, you know, I was just fucking fuming. You know? Fucking fuming. And... That's what why I wanted to talk about in this podcast. It was just it, something's going on in this world, and it's not right. It's just I don't know. There's got to be a better way to to teach people, kids, and uh, to deal with these mental problems that people have than putting them on a bunch of these drugs. And you know, we're seeing the results of these young kids who have been on these drugs and teenagers that are getting put on them just by all the school shootings that you see going on around the, you know, around the world. Like, think about that. Well, I know when I was younger, when I was in a, a, a teenager and younger, you never heard of fucking school shootings there. That shit did not happen. People did not go into a school and fucking start shooting everybody. People didn't go into a fucking movie theater and start shooting everybody. It just didn't happen. Didn't fucking happen. Not that I can ever remember. You know, was there kids going out and shooting each other? Oh, well, of course. I don't think that's ever changed. Was there kids committing suicide, you know, because they had problems? Of course there was. But going around and just blowing away innocent people in a school or a movie theater or a church, it didn't happen. And if it did, it definitely not on the frequency that it is now. It's almost a common thing now when you hear it on the news. Like, people are getting so used to hearing it that it's just like, oh, another school shooting. You know, the kid's on fucking these uh, these SSRI drugs. I'm sure he's on Adderall or something. And when they do the background and they do the investigation, these kids usually are on fucking, uh, or teenagers usually are on these drugs. You know, and as a parent, I don't get it. Uh, well, I, if I was a parent, I should say. I can't say as a parent, but if I was a parent, I would be reading the fucking labels. You know, I read the labels. On, I read what's in these uh, drugs, and I'm, doing, I'm not even a parent. I'm not even on these drugs. But if I was, I would definitely be wanting to read the label. And it's pretty scary, even in the advertising and the labels, that it tells you that, you know, these drugs can cause, you know, psychosis and fucking thoughts of suicide and... Thoughts of homicide, and this is right on the fucking labeling. You know, but yeah, yeah, let's give my kids some of those. You know, it'll calm them down, but fucking we're creating a time bomb for fucking 10 years from now. And I don't know what it is that's changed. I don't know if it's society. I don't know if it's the way parenting is done. You know, that's a whole new podcast I could do just on how they, you know, the, the system is taken away. The ability for a parent to fucking be a parent, to discipline a child, you know, when they're, when they need it. And I'm not, you know, saying go beat the shit out of your kid and fucking for anything. I'm not saying that, you know, but, you know, I know when I was growing up, if I, you know, I deserved it, I got a smack on the ass and, uh, cause I deserved it. And that's how you, you, you know, that's how parents back then raised you, you know, you fucked up, you did something wrong, you got a spanking, you know, you got sent to your room. And uh, I know it worked for me. I would have been 10,000 times worse 
as a teenager and as an adult if I wouldn't have had the discipline I did as a child. But by no means was I fucking abused or did I ever get a spanking because I didn't deserve it. You know, every spanking I got, I fucking deserved it and probably deserved it more than I got it. So, I don't know what it is. I don't know. There's something going on in society that is very strange to me and I think about it all the time. And I just wonder at times, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the fucked up one. I'm open to that. Maybe I'm just the fucked up one. And everybody else around me is normal. You know, that could be it too. You know, I don't fucking know. But I definitely know things have changed. And I know things are always changing. And, but, you know, I just feel from what I can see. And I'm only speaking from what I can see. And from what I've talked to other pe people that have kids about is that they've basically taken all the power from the parents, you know, like, and in school, they've taken all the power from the parents to the point now where parents are scared to fucking do anything. You know, they're scared to fucking to uh, discipline their child. They're scared to yell at their child. They're scared, you know, because they're scared to give their child a time out. Because you just don't know what what the consequences are going to be. You know, you discipline your child. Next thing you know, you got CAs. You know, you got the government up your ass. And Child Protective Services up your ass. Coming to fucking basically take your kid away. Or at least at, at minimum make your life horrible. So I can see where the parents are scared to act. I know parents that are that are raising kids that, that tell me this. You know, there's nothing they can do. They're damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. They discipline their child. They're gonna. They're scared the the system's gonna get involved. Uh, they don't discipline their child, then their ch kids running around like a fucking retard. And you know, I, I I can't even imagine what you parents are going through trying to raise a young child and and you know dodge between the lines kind of thing and trying to find the balance. You know, back in my day, it just seemed so much simpler when it came to raising a kid. You know. And, you know, you, and you start putting these kids on these, these, uh, drugs like Adderall and Ritalin and drugs like that at such a young age, you, I just cannot believe. And from what the research I've read that it's not doing everlasting damage on their minds as they get older, you know, maybe that also is what's causing this drug ep epidemic that I'm talking about. Maybe, you know, they're on these drugs and as they get into their teenage years, it forces them to try other drugs and uh, that's what spirals them down. And maybe because their parents aren't uh, able to show that they love them because, you know, when you discipline your child, as fucked up as it sounds, you know, you're showing your child that you care about them, that you love them, that you want them to do good. So when you fuck up, you know, and your and your parent disciplines you, whether it's a timeout or a smack on the ass or, you know, something like that, you know, at a subconscious level, you know that they care. They care enough to discipline you because they want you to do good. So you take that away. I think what is happening is that kids are growing up just believing that their parents don't give a shit. And I don't think that's the case. I just think parents' hands are tied. In a lot of circumstances, not all of them. I'm not saying that everybody. This isn't a blanket statements that I'm making. I'm just saying in general, from what I've seen, that that could be one of the problems that is leading to, as they get older, going to other drugs in the street drugs or whether even prescription drugs. Who knows? I mean, like as I said earlier, they're all the same thing.
Just one's prescribed by, a, you know, a doctor and one's given to you from a drug dealer on the street. But inside your body, it all does the same thing. So your body doesn't know where it came from. It's not like your body knows that it was given to you from a doctor or some fucking scummy guy on the street corner selling it to you. So that's the thing that uh, I've been thinking about. And I know it's a heavy podcast. I didn't want to make it heavy like this. But I wouldn't be true to my whole concept of this show if I didn't talk about what's been on my mind. And believe me, there's been a lot more than just this whole uh, thing about addiction. And But what triggered it was, you know, the loss of a friend very recently from an overdose that uh, made me want to talk about this. And I think it's a discussion that needs to be had a lot more. And there's got to be alternative ways to, to treat these things and not, you know, if you have an active child or to just put him on one of these drugs because he's hyperactive and you don't want to deal with him. Or if he's not having learning, if he's having learning problems in school, put him on one of these drugs. So, you know, apparently he's going to learn better or, or probably not going to learn anything any better. He's just going to be a zombie. You know, but as I said earlier, I always want to correct, like, I always want to tell people, I want to tell you people that I'm not saying that these drugs don't have a use, but I'm very skeptical. I think they're, and I definitely know they're being overprescribed. You know, when I did the research and I found out how many people are on drugs like fucking Adderall and, and Ritalin and all these other drugs, man, it was mind-blowing when I saw the stats. Like, I really was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like there are so many people taking these drugs. You know, they're just hopped up on meth, basically. They're just fucking, you know, that's what they're hopped up on. It's just legal meth, as I said. And it's scary when you think about that. You know, when I was growing up, you know, it was you couldn't even get a fucking aspirin in my public school. When it, you could go to the, the nurse at my public school and fucking say, I got a headache. You know, or I got a toothache, or I, I fell down at the playground, I hurt myself, you know, I'm really sore, can I get a, a fucking child aspirin? And they would, you know, it'd be fucking an hour of rigmarole, they'd have to call your parents, your parents would have to okay them giving you the aspirin, and they'd want a doctor's note, and they'd fucking, like, I'm dead serious, that's how it was when I was growing up, at least in my public school. You couldn't even get a fucking aspirin without going through fucking the red tape out the ass. Now they probably fucking, oh, I got, I got an ache in my knee. Oh, fuck, here you go. They probably fucking give you some kind of hardcore thing at school. Fucking, here you go. You're on your way. And another thing I kept thinking about, too, is like fucking with these teenagers that are, you know, whatever fucking happened to weed? Like, it's becoming legal all over the goddamn place. And I would definitely think, I know that weed fucking makes me think about things a lot different. When I get high, man, I'm fucking more relaxed. My pain's lowered. I'm more compassionate. I fucking learn quicker. Like, you know, like, I really do. I'm being dead serious. And it's got so many uses. And, I like, maybe there's ways to treat people. I like the research I see that's going on right now. Where, you know, they're, 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 they're starting to do research on, you know, even mushrooms and shit. And psychedelic uh, drugs and treating depression and PTSD and stuff. They're starting to fucking get really good results. If you look at the the the, result, the data and that treating people with these symptoms and uh, these problems with these uh, psychedelic drugs. You know, 
properly monitored in, in a treatment setting, they're getting amazing results. And I know that for pain, because I that's what I mostly, I mean, I've had my, don't get me wrong, I have my bouts with depression. Fucking trust me, I have my, I, every day depression is nipping at my ass, fucking wanting a piece of my ass. Fucking, uh, like, it's always after me. And I was on an extremely low, like, low antidepressant for a couple of years. And I, I haven't been, I got off of that too. I weaned myself off of that. It took almost a year to wean myself off slowly off of that. And now I haven't had it in probably six months, you know, and I still have bouts of depression and they come, but I deal with them. And weed has helped a lot with that. A big time. I know it has helping me get off of that antidepressant. And the, you know, the, the weed is good for fucking so much. And I, and I don't buy that it's his fucking gateway drug. You know, where, oh, it's a gateway drug. You smoke weed, you're fucking just going to sit around on your couch all day and get stoned. Yeah, there is people that do that. I'm not saying that everybody's not, you know, there isn't the case where, you know, somebody's wasting their life and they fucking get high all the time playing video games and doing shit, not doing shit and stuff. And then it leads to other drugs. Of course, that's that's going to happen in the world this size. But vast majority of people are getting benefits from it that are helping them deal with anxiety and depression and chronic pain. I know that like the CBD drops I take, I just take a a tincture, I put drops in my coffee a couple times a day. Fucking amazing for pain. CBD is like amazing drug, like amazing. And there's no psychoactive effect from it. So, you you know, somebody that's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to smoke weed because I'm going to get high and I don't want to like being high because some people don't. Some people don't like being high, let's be honest. No, but not every, it's not for everybody. But isn't it great to know that there's a, a product out there, you can go out to the weed store, get CBD, which has no psychoactive effect. You can take it in a edible, you can put it in a coffee, there's candies, you know, you name it, they've got a way to give it to you. And you now have no psychoactive effect, but you get all the benefits. To me, that's amazing. It's just a fucking amazing plant. And now that they're starting to loosen the shackles on this fucking plant and letting people experiment with it and making it legal and people are using it for medical reasons, it's only going to get better from here, in my opinion. And it's certainly fucking better than the alternative, which is these fucking drugs that these fucking big pharma's pumping out that they know is doing damage, that they know has... A million fucking side effects, you know. And but they don't care. They fucking you know. They're a drug. They're mad. They're a big pharma. They want to make their fucking money. They don't give a shit whether you get better. They hope you don't get better. I think. I think they hope you don't get better because then you're bigger. You're better for business if you're sick. Like where would these big pharma places be if you were fucking healthy all the time? They'd be bankrupt. That's why I don't think there's ever going to be a cure for cancer any fucking time soon. It's a fucking billion dollar business. These cancer treatments that half of the time don't work. Just make the person sick and more sick and more sick and torturing them before they pass. And so if they just all of a sudden, boom, you know, tomorrow they find a cure for cancer. You go down, you get a fucking shot. You are cancer free. If you have cancer, it's gone. You'll never get cancer. Think of all the fucking people that are out of work. 
Think of all the money those drug companies are going to lose. And you're going to fucking tell me that they're looking hard for a cure for fucking cancer. If you ask me, call me a conspiracy theorist, because I love looking at conspiracies. I think they've had the cure for cancer for fucking the last 20 years. You know, you don't see any of these fucking elite rich motherfuckers and people in government that are high up and in those inner circles. When's the last time you saw one of those fuckers die of cancer? You know, like, what is special about them? Like, you know, what, they don't breathe the same air, drink the same water? Maybe they fucking don't. I don't know. But you don't see them fucking dropping off like the public does. And that's going to be another podcast I'm going to have probably very soon. Is, you know, what they're doing to make people sick in this world. Fucking chemtrail in the skies, you know, spraying the skies with heavy metals. They're fucking, floor, you know, in the U.S. and a lot of places, there's fluoride in the water and they're GMO foods. And, I mean, it's a fucking miracle that humanity is even alive and functioning at all. At all. With the amount of shit that they're putting in us from fucking spraying the skies and shit in the water and vaccines and fucking prescription drugs and then gmo foods and all the shit they put that in their stuff that they call food now which is, i don't even think it can be legally called food because it's all just chemicals half the shit you buy off the store shelf it's not fucking food it's so it's chemical it's a bag of chemicals or a box of chemicals right am i fucking am i talking out my ass here guys or am i making some sense here am i making a couple points here that you guys are thinking like fuck he's making a good point you know, this fucker's done a little bit of research. You're fucking right, I have. I've done years of research. That's what I love to do. That's the two things I love to do is fucking tattoo and investigate shit. I love that. And love looking at all that shit. Like, in you know, fucking all these conspiracy theories, they call them, you know, which turned out that 90% of them are fucking got truth to them. And so that's why I know, like, you know, as humanity, I'm surprised we're fucking still even functioning and what like we are, like that we're still functioning at way the the at the level we are. But I see people every day, and I talk to people every day that are waking up from this from this fucking sleep that we've been in, and that's why I like to call it. People are starting to fucking see that there's better ways to do things, there's better treatments for things, there's a better way to live, and it's amazing to see. I mean, I don't know if it's come too late. I hope it hasn't. I want to be optimistic and think that it hasn't. That humanity's fucking got a chance still. But, I mean, we're deep in, man. They fucking... The powers that be got their fucking meat hooks in humanity pretty damn good. And... From all the research I've done, the only... the It's the one thing I've always... I always say to myself is that it's just... When you really dig into it, you can see that it's a fight for fucking humanity and it's a fight between good and evil. When you boil it all down, all the bullshit, you can see it, that that's what it comes down to. There's just evil fucking people in the world doing evil shit and then you got the other side where there's good people and they're trying to fucking, you know, people that want to see their communities uh, grow. They want to help other people. And they want to care for other people and they, uh, 
you know, they want to care for their family and they want to start a family and they want, you know, all the good things in life. You know, they enjoy nature and they want to preserve nature and the environment and stuff. You know, you got that, you know, there, there's a growing number of people that are in that group. And as I said, on the other side, you got the evil fuckers that are trying to tear down and make everything good fucking bad. You know, they're trying to make everything that is good in life evil. It's like, it's like everything is like, as above, so below, it's so inverted. When I look at the world now, it's so inverted. Like things that when I was growing up that were considered evil and bad now are considered good. And the things that I, when I was growing up, considered good, now they're called bad. It's fucked up. And I'm not saying it's not, it's fucked up and I don't have the answers. That is for sure. But I like talking about it because when you talk about it, you're you're gonna get some answers out of there. You're gonna there's gotta be something to a discussion that opens your eyes, maybe opens some other people's eyes. You're definitely gonna have your fucking haters who think everything you're saying is bullshit and you're just fucking crazy and a conspiracy theorist. I love that. Everything you know, if you look into something and it doesn't jive up with everybody saying you're a conspiracy theorist and, you know, you're fucking don't know what you're talking about. And, I mean, after all the research I've done where I've seen half the conspiracies, like, big ones that people talk about, and they got the evidence and finally found out in a minute there was a conspiracy involved. Which is provable. So, I mean, I don't know why they get mad at people saying conspiracy theory when they're proving that they are. And I definitely think that you know, big pharma and these big fucking drug companies are trying to keep people sick. I mean, why wouldn't they? What is their business? Selling drugs to people who think they need them because they're sick. Am I right or am I wrong? You know, no sick people, they lose billions. They go out of business. They don't have jobs. They have no influence in government or the world at large they have nothing so why would they want to cure you think about it man i think about it all the time i honestly believe they had a cure for cancer 20 fucking years ago and they probably got a cure for arthritis they brought or at least definitely better treatments than are given to the people now and minimum that's minimum but i do think that they probably even have a cure for most arthritis and other diseases out there but not good for business, man. Got to keep the fucking money rolling. Money talks. Bullshit walks. You know, and these people that think that, oh, the government, the drug companies and the government, they would never do that. My doctors would never do that. You know, they, they're trying to help you. Well, then you fucking better wait, open your eyes if you think that that is how it is. Because I, I can tell you from what I've seen, it isn't. And that's not saying that there's not good, and like I said, I gotta always fill that in and say this because people say that I'm casting a wide net. I'm not saying that everybody in the drug industry is bad, and all the doctors are bad, and all, you know, all of that. There is good people in those industries doing good things. But it's David and Goliath. When you think about it, you got a couple, you know, even if you got a lot of good people doing the good things in those companies, but you've got the powers to be and the people that control those companies and those interests are the leading it and running it, you know, they're so much more powerful. But the hope is, is that the more people wake up, more people that see this bullshit and open their eyes and fight back, 
we our numbers will grow. And eventually we will hit a tipping point where we are fucking as powerful as these higher-ups. And we will be even eventually stronger than them and topple them. Will that happen in my lifetime? I highly doubt it from what I see in society. I think people are just so fucking self-absorbed in their own bullshit, in their own lives. They got fucking blinders on. And, you know, half the people going around, they're just... It's just fucking me, 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 me. What can I get? Fucking what can I get out of this? And if I'm not going to get something out of it, then I'm not going to fucking do it. And I know that people are going to be pissed off when I say that, but the fucking truth hurts. Fucking deal with it. Because I'm guilty. I've been there myself. Where all I fucking did was selfishly think about myself, and I'm trying to change that. Every day I'm trying to change that. Where I'm not just thinking of myself. I want to start reaching out and helping people in my community. And helping people and my friends and my family. And people, even strangers if I can. Fucking, you know, trying to better my... At least I'm trying. But a lot of people are happy in their fucking ignorance. And you know why they're happy in their ignorance? I'm going to tell you the secret why they're happy in their ignorance. Because there's no fucking accountability when you're ignorant. If you're just walking around fucking acting stupid like you don't and act and know and don't know what's going on and act like you don't know what's going on, then you can't be blamed for not doing anything about it. And that's a lot fucking easier to do than being accountable for not doing something. And I'm gonna say that fuck that. I am not going to my grave without a fight of fucking trying to become a better person because that is what I wanna be. I wanna be a better person. I wanna be a better person in society. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better son. I want to be a better friend. Like, fuck, man. I put some of my friends through so much shit over the years, you know, and not even meaning to. And I ask so much of my friends, and I know that they have no idea how much I appreciate what they do for me. They have no idea. But I know I ask a lot of them, and I want to do more for them if I can. I mean, I, at least I'm trying. I'm not going down without a fight. I fucking won't. The evil fuckers in this world cannot be allowed to reign over us like they are. And ruining the family unit. You know, the family unit is a fucking hole is just being ripped apart. Don't believe me. Do the fucking research yourself. Because the evidence is out there. They're trying to destroy the fucking... So, you know, family unit and the, the unity of community and, and the pride in your community and, and your heritage and everything. They're trying to tear that apart and have everybody at each other's throats. That's why I've always said that fucking this social media shit, Twitter, Facebook, fucking Instagram, all that. You know, if I wasn't using these uh, platforms, a couple of them for my tattooing and, you know, talking about my tattooing and advertising my tattooing that, I wouldn't even be on them. I wouldn't even fucking be on them. I can. I know I wouldn't be. I have no interest in social media because I can just. I've seen. I mean, do the research. I mean, can you imagine the damage of relationships that have happened since Facebook came around, and fucking uh, Twitter and Instagram and all of that? How many relationships that's destroyed, and how people are like now fucking putting all their business out there on social media for everybody to know about. There's nothing private anymore. Everything's a fucking, oh, I hope I get some likes. I get hope I get some likes. You know, that's what everybody cares about. Now, I hope I get some likes. Now, fuck that. If nobody listens to this podcast, uh, that's fine. 
I mean, I hope people do, and I hope people, some people that listen to it understand where I'm coming from. And, you know, know that I'm trying to better myself, and I'm trying to educate people from the research I've done, and what I see what's going on. And I'm not saying I'm right about everything, that is for sure. But I don't think I'm far off the mark, guys. I really don't. I just think... When you boil all the shit down, it is a choice between good and evil. Whatever that may be to you. You got the people that are trying to tear shit down. And you got the people that are resisting and trying to build shit up. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the side where people build shit up. And with that being said, my time is up for this podcast. Like I said, I've taken enough of your guys' time. I want to thank you all for listening to this. I thought it was a great uh, new podcast to bring in my uh, new run at this. Now that I've been moved in and settled down, now I can start doing this a couple times a week again. I hope to get a lot of cool guests on here, getting a lot of different opinions about a lot of different subjects. So I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you do join me for my next one. If you did enjoy it, please tell your friends about it. Get them listening and let's build a positive and cool community where discussion is had and answers can be found. It'll be amazing. Thanks guys for listening and I'll be posting this podcast shortly and I'll be posting another podcast probably within another couple days. So please keep checking in. Stay safe. Live in love and I will talk to you soon.